we are here. Okay, it is day 18 of the 31 days of dread, October 18th, and we're talking the village. Now, if you don't know what 31 days of dread is, it is Dream Warriors podcast annual horror movie Halloween celebration event. This is where we do one horror movie a day for the entire month of October, and we're doing every single possible type of horror movie possible. But we have something special here because we have one of the most divisive, splintering, shattering movies of our lifetime, of the modern day. Now, you can go online and you can read about this movie and watch videos. You can do all of these things about the village. You can go into a deep dive. But the people who have the best insight in this movie are the ones that experienced it. Meaning, we were obsessed. And I say we because I know there's more than one of me out there. And, and who is me? I'm Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Pad, your host, your boy. But the people who experienced the village, we're the ones that have the best insight into exactly what it was like when this movie came out we were there this is no different than those who were there when star wars premiered it's different when the people who re-experienced star wars in 97 with the special editions when they came back out i think you know what i'm saying this is my longest intro we're going to just fade away the intro is going to roll in Okay, so as you can tell, I don't even have my headphones on. I have to get ready. I can't even hear myself. It's it's always scary when you record blindly because, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, it was scary when I was blindly recording myself when um, they were shooting the, the 17 Bridges here at the Dream Warrior studio. Uh, and, you know, and they, they put me up in this uh, really nice place. It was 1500 Hamilton. Uh, it was a apartment condo. I had it for just about a full week. And, you know, it, when I was keeping up with the 31 Days of Dread there, you know, I recorded Venom there, so on, uh, okay? And I was so paranoid because I couldn't hear myself. And it's just funny how when you're in, like, a regular hustle, when you're in a regular grind, it's more of a grind than a hustle, your um, your pattern is so important because it's just it's maintaining the rinse and repeat uh, takes everything out of you, but you also want that rinse and repeat to be stacked best practices. So th- this is a little bit of like Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point. Look that book up. You should know who Malcolm Gladwell is because he's one of the guys. And yeah, you know, and look, some of his thoughts and, and opinions have kind of like faded uh, already, but. His whole contention with Tipping Point is that if we stack best practices, uh, eventually it's going to tip in our favor. And that is that is strictly my, uh, I would say, my um, baseline, my foundation, my precipice of my social media strategy. And why, why do I need a social media strategy? Well, let me tell you a little bit of myself. I'm Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Pad. You can find that aka pad on so many of the social media networks like twitter and snapchat 
And if it's not that, it's AKA Pad 13, like on Facebook and Instagram. And sometimes AKA Pad 69, Xbox Live. If you play Halo, just friend request me on Xbox Live. I need people in my Halo clan. Please help me with this. But no, uh, I'm a full-time guy, full-time IT ninja at the 9 to 5. And then aside from that is I'm still maintaining my freelance business uh, where I do logos and websites and consultations on all kinds of cool things. And I'm still illustrating. That's right. I am a self-taught illustrator going back from when I was a kid, uh, former like comic book artist and creator. And I had a little stint in that in like the early 2000s, but now it's 2018 and we're doing other things. And one of them is the Dream Warriors podcast, the long form movie discussion podcast out of Center City, Philadelphia, where, oh my God, it's getting a little bit of a cold snap. It's getting a little chilly in here and brum, 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 brum. Uh, I'm not liking it because I'm still used to my uh, short sleeves. So, but anyway, look, I am as basic as a mofo right now. I am drinking coffee with pumpkin spice. I'm drinking my own pumpkin spice coffee, and it's uh, it's actually really good. I, be- I, I I I might be on the outlier, but I like the pumpkin spice flavoring better with hot coffee versus. Uh, iced coffee and it's 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 a little bit more of an iced coffee drink I think now because the I guess it, like who who popularized the uh, pumpkin spice it was the um the, the Starbucks lattes right and uh, I guess like you know lattes more of a lukewarm flavor because you you know you add the um the milk froth and it's that's not room temperature when that goes into the espresso. So I, I really don't know, but I'd like um I'd like hot coffee with pumpkin spice. Okay. So we gotta go back to two thousand and four <laughs> and talk about this movie because I, I even debated if the village is even a horror movie at all. Okay, like that's how confused I was when it came to this movie. And what led me here uh, started with, uh, if you go back a few days with the uh, 31 Days of Dread, it started with Apostle. Uh, that should have been day 15, the Netflix exclusive original movie, uh, which is essentially the um, the formation of a earth god, you know, like a, uh, of an earth spirit, you know, like a... Um, that's really kind of like the point of that movie and oh my and it is a horror movie and it's just freaking cool uh just because you it's hard to track where that movie's going and what we're doing with the with the characters and you know like what the payoffs are and like all, all these things we expect when we watch uh endless movies like we do here on dream warriors the 31 days in dread <laughs> and um <sighs> That kind of uh, bloomed in in my mind to where like I'm like wow there's almost like a run of these uh, you know old English horror movies and I think there's there's good reasons for it because there's an isolation that's already frightening there's a muddiness a cloudiness to the environment there's uh, antiquated methods of justice. Uh, and there's hysteria when it comes to religion and beliefs. And nowadays, uh, you know, that's scary for a lot of people. 
we're you know like we're, we're seeing massive abuse of religion nowadays uh which is oddly disguised by um yeah i would say like the the media that the media doesn't own up to a lot of the violence uh through religion right now um you know we've seen religion cover up mass uh almost like uh, you want you just want to say like torture of, of children you know with the catholic church um you know my the other reference i'm making is to isis and and their atrocities you know and, and i think a lot of that uh, is resonating with people and almost like programming them to be fearful uh rightfully so because you know religion is as effective as it is uh horrific and 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 I think these, you know, starting with day 15, these random movies deal with the, um, it's almost like an expose or a thesis on isolation and the fear and the consequences of isolation. And, and, and by this, I mean, it's an explanation of, of the gestation and, and how something like the Salem Witch Trials can come about. The Salem Witch Trials mostly were a fever pitch uh, people that were isolated and no one could check them. No one could like bring other ideas into their environment. And because that could not be done, they believed in witches and people died in horrific ways. And it's it's tragedy and you, like stuff like that just makes me sad. Um, it, I don't like thinking about it. Uh, which is really why it's the 31 Days of Dread, as much as I love horror movies and love the experience of, uh, you know, like, you know, getting my, my insides kind of, like, turned out because I can't watch gore. I really can't. Um, I can't hear it sometimes, uh, especially when it's, like, realistic. It's different when it's, when it's comic book-like, but it's, or cartoon-like, but when it's realistic, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um you know like going through horror movies as much as i do for the 31 days of dread is taxing on my psyche because it does put me in a state um it challenges uh it, you know like a lot of my subconscious and i do i try and do the most to counter it and believe it or not um you know because i'm doing the 31 days of dread in congruence uh parallel to inktober which is available now on um uh, Instagram, uh, you can follow it at Instagram, uh, aka Pad13. Follow me on that account. Um, the my artwork and my drawing separates me just enough. You know, like where I can I can lose myself in some of that work, and even though like I'm very much behind, even though I bought a sketchbook that doesn't hold 31 pages, Bonehead moved there, so I can't do all 31 days for Inktober this year. So my goal is just to complete the sketchbook as as. Uh, complete as possible, meaning front cover all the way to back cover, all original artwork. Um, yeah, so like the drawing helps. That's the point I was getting at. And so just jumping back to day 15, uh, I started to collect movies in my mind that were of this era. And maybe like uh, thematically uh, lined up in, in, in the philosophy of the horror. So I immediately went to The Witch, where at that time, I didn't fully complete. Uh, I only watched that movie a little bit with a girl. We got like 15 minutes into it, and then, you know, other things happened, as they do sometimes when you watch a movie with a with an attractive woman. 
um, I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, so I finished The Witch. Blew my mind. Holy crap. They're so... So every almost every single director, including M. Night with The Village, nothing but great things to expect from them. And why, why is that? Why do horror movies have the best young directors? There's real reasons for that. Because horror movie is a filmmaker's genre. Uh, if you are a good filmmaker and you cannot make a good horror movie... I challenge your ability to weave a story to make a movie. And I kind of do look towards, um, you know, some of the guys that we hold up on that pedestal. Why can't they branch out and do, why can't Steven Spielberg do a horror movie? It's just weird to me. So the village went, uh, (laughs) the witch, correction, the witch went to a field in England. Ben Wheatley, my boy. What? What what a uh, experience! You know, uh, now 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 we're three movies deep. We got Apostle, The Witch, A Field in England. What a amazing treat! Um, the Field in England was, because that movie even now just it just some of the visuals and the sounds uh, just stick with you uh, purposely. It is true psychological horror and uh, a psychological movie that stays with you is truly effective and he's just been doing nothing but work ever since and and uh rock and roll like again uh it was it was easy to see his his level of talent with a field in england and i think eventually we will see him uh doing bigger bigger things meaning tentpole movies you know his tentpole movie run is coming and so i had to do the movie that i thought started this which is the village because it's hard to classify the village as is with some of these other movies it's really hard to pinpoint if they're horror movies or or not because they they mash they combine so many other elements it's almost like a lot like john carpenter's the thing where is the thing horror or is it science fiction uh you know it's it's an isolist thriller they're they're isolated so it's also that so and we see these elements that sometimes in the best horror movies uh combat one another and they they fight for space which is makes it makes it better when horror movies compete for categorical space of how to be filed away on that shelf so the i believe these movies apostle the witch and the field in england are uh, of a line that is a direct response to the village. I believe these filmmakers saw this movie and were affected by it the same manner as me, as myself, as Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Pad, your boy, your host. Uh, and they wanted, they had the ability, they had ideas to to respond to it, meaning that this is the movie we wanted, M. Night. <laughs> Sha la 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 lam. This is the movie we wanted. And by that, I mean, you know, I have to go into uh, as much about this, like everything. Like, you know, we're, we're jumping into the deep end. So if you go into like the summer of, and yeah, I, when, whenever it came out, I don't know what time of year it came out. I, I believe it was a summer movie. I'm going strictly from memory. 
there is no there's nothing in front of me right now other than a growing <laughs> sound wave uh with my sexy voice uh no and if you go back to 2004 so m knight was still the guy you know like he shook people with six cents unbreakable was like this uh the first like super realistic superhero movie uh that you know technically had superheroes and and had a supervillain and even now he he's he he made the movie split like two years ago and now glass is coming out this year uh he's still continuing what he started with unbreakable and it's actually becoming almost like a three movie block and unbreakable like again people liked it it didn't shatter like it didn't have six cents money but like what really does when you catch so many people off guard that were ready to be entertained as six cents was so his his career kind of became a gimmick and it's kind of weird because you know this is a guy that he wrote Stuart little little like he was involved with film I believe he comes from the school of Kathleen Kennedy and Steven Spielberg I believe that's like who uncovered them uh you know his career became a gimmick uh meaning that that's all it seemed like that's all what people wanted from him and that's got to be tough like it just as a creative force of you know people telling you what your stories have to be like i and that's where he's unique i don't know if there's any other filmmaker that got that treatment and i i believe it's unfair and it's unjust because we are among the just at the dream warriors podcast subscribe support leave your comments below <laughs> Guy, do the promos. So we have to kind of give him credit to uh, powering through that. Now, after the village, he really did not recover. Even though he he could always like it's just, it's amazing that he carried his career with real you know like real budgets, real actors, real movies for as long as he did post village. Because the point I'm getting at is. The village was set up to be a gotcha, and it may not have had to have been that. See, it's perfectly reason- reasonable to assume that you know village is kind of classified in horror, horror because it was originally promoted as a horror movie. It, it, it probably more of a drama than horror. I mean, it has scary elements. It's a little scary, but it's not really horror. But again, you know, like, uh, this is what I said earlier. Like, maybe the best horror movies merge categories in in an obscure way, in, in an unexpected way. And, and again, this is a reason why The Village is important. Because it does nothing but challenge us. So let, let me just get to the point. This movie was promoted as horror movie trailers, promotion meaning what what they were putting out press press release wise i would love to read the uh, and have the original press kit for this movie i'm very curious on it um and the trailers made us believe that this was a a a, a colony an old english town or whatever 
uh, held captive by these creatures. And these creatures eventually would come knocking on your door. And that's the story people wanted to see. They wanted to see isolation. They wanted to see fear. They wanted to see a town of people full of familiar actors over their head. But truly be fearful. And what we got, we got that. But we also got this gotcha where the movie takes place in modern day. And it's not an old English town. It's rich people who made their own reserve and and started a way of life that was a century old. And it's like, man, that's a like that is just weird. It's just it's a weird thing. It's a hell of a premise for a movie, isn't it? Just saying it. So I did a little experiment, and and I'm going to do this experiment again. So I watched this movie with uh with a female, who I told the gimmick to. I told the because we were on the run of watching horror movies, and I'm like, oh, I I kind of do have to watch The Village for the 31 Days of Dread, uh, and not nothing we watched um is actually going to be uh, uh an episode of the 31 Days of Dread. Uh, just just uh, so we watched maybe like three movies that that night. We were eating, we're eating a ton of bad food, but we're drinking alcohol and just having a good time. And I you know I tell her the premise. I said, this movie is going to be this, and then it's not. Then it's it actually takes place in modern day. And just the, that thought, I saw like the gears in her head trying to figure it out. Like she could, like the premise alone is tough to figure out. But you kind of want to go and give the marketing people credit at this point. Because how do you sell the movie of The Village to a large audience? Um, you know, without selling, you have to sell it as something. So how do we sell this movie as something where the movie is set up to be a, uh, a gotcha, but you know, one with a, a poignant, like a prominent point. And the point is that, uh, you know, society, uh, there's a price to pay in society. And these are people who chose not to pay that price any longer and to start their own community uh, you know, with their rules, their way, with no crime, because they've all. They, this is essentially community community of people that have been tortured by crime, okay, broken by crime, and they they make their own reserve and they spend all their money and resources to do this, and they start raising families like they're almost like two genera like one generation deep, <laughs> um, you know, because people have been born into this village. Which is amazing. Maybe two. Right? Maybe like 30 years we'll say. Uh, they don't have medicine. They, they're, so the, and the movie becomes like a quest. Uh, someone gets stabbed. Someone falls, falls in love. They get stabbed by Adrian Brody. Oscar winner. Uh, you know because he's mentally challenged. And he stabs uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Is he also an Oscar winner? I believe maybe. I, I, I forget. Oscar nominee for sure. Uh, and a blind girl needs to walk out of the village because, you know, she can, you know, she, she, she can do it because she's blind. Um, which kind of makes no sense. You know, like, will, like, there's other characters that knew of 
the ruse that could have made her journey to get the medicine to save Joaquin Phoenix. And that's kind of like where the movie goes. The movie goes and becomes a symbolic to saving love, uh, trusting ourselves, um, you know, committing to a way of life. But then also accepting reality. And de- these are the themes within the village. And because of that, it's a significant movie. Uh, now, if you get over the initial shock, and it took me a long time to get over the, the shock of the village, and step away from this movie for a long enough time and sit back down. Because there were things about this movie, again, like I completely forgot a lot of it. was like I, uh, pieces of it I was watching and discovering for the first time. I've said this throughout the almost the entire 31 Days of Dread, uh, you know, with some of the, with movies that I was familiar with. Uh, I would put this as one of my like top movies, though. Uh, you know, like it's that's an ever growing list, like toggled list. But uh, what he chooses to say about the movie, um, within the movie, you know, because the movie does have like a self reflective commentary at the end, you know, done by M Night Shyamalan. Like he himself plays a character explaining some of the movie to us. He he's he's a filmmaker. He's a storytelling. He's a storyteller. Excuse me, that is trying to find meaning uh, within this medium. And he chose a portal. He chose a way to convey it, to express it. That is deeply important. If we get through the shock of the promotion. Uh, you know, like I nearly experimented. I think I'm going to watch this movie again with someone, and I'm going to show them trailers of the movie, and then we're going to sit down and watch the movie. And I would like to see what happens at, at that point because these these are the things we forget. These are the things that uh, we ignore when you know we deal with trauma. And I think a, a generation of moviegoers and film critics were traumatized by the village because the expectations and the hope and we were rooting for M. Night at such a high level. Uh, these other things just, you know, like it became insignificant. They, they kind of bled away. And moving forward, it's tough. You know, M. Night didn't have an easy road with the happening, the lady in the water after Earth. It, it took him and and the, the Airbender, the Avatar movie. You know, he, he made four big budgeted movies full of incredible actors, full of uh, intent and film design and set direction and big budgets. Uh, you know, act, some of these actors own burger joints. They own hamburger stands. That's how popular they are. Well, yeah, they're popular. Yeah, the, the food only survives when food is good. But, um, so we're almost like, you know, did did the audience brutalize M. Night and, and take him out of his game? You know, like, did, did he have to go through this, this pain and this process? Uh, maybe, but also uh, re-experiencing this movie and, and really digging it. Uh, made me want to go back and watch all his other movies. 
I'm talking the four I just named. Because <laughs> I really want to watch the happening. I, I kind of want to know what, 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 like, you know, like, I, I watched some of it, and I just really wasn't that interested, and I, I never completed that, I never completed After Earth, uh, and, um, the Airbender movie, I watched maybe one time, but look, this completes, you know, our journey here of the old English horror movies, and it's a wonderful four movie block. There are four incredible movies. So it would be great if you watch some in this order. If you watch Apostle. Then if you watch The Witch. And then A Field in England. And then The Village. And see the origin of all of it. That's a good four movie block. This movie does not deserve any of the ridicule it had then. It is... Um, it's almost useless to research reviews for this movie. This movie needs to be re-experienced and re-engaged by an audience that wasn't affected by the advertising. Period. And with that, I'm going to go. Because uh, it's just wonderful that this uh, M. Night got this second shot. And, and he's doing a lot with it. You know, he stayed in the game. And he did a lot with it. And, and I think that's a lesson for all of us. And that's the takeaway. Is is There's people in our lives we can give second shots to. Maybe sometimes even third shots. Uh, you know, and some of these people are close to us. And they become distant. And they become strangers. And, you know, sometimes we're the reason why people become strangers. Okay? But at, at the end of the day, people people deserve chances and shots. Sometimes we're one of them, and that's the that's one of the other wonderful takeaways from the village is that is that this dude deserves a second shot. So be graceful in life, and be mindful of that. But this is Peter. Day 18 of the 31 Days of Dread. We're out.